Blog Talk Radio. Hello? Screw it. There we are. Hmm. Gary Carter, Hall of Famer and former Mets legend. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my my life, in my career. Former Mets pitcher, World Series champion Gary Gentry. You don't think about the World Series, you're there. As long as we're here, we might as well win, right? Jerry Kuzman. And you watch two, three years down the line, everybody's pitching that way. It doesn't make it right. Nolan Ryan. When you get traded, I think it's that time. It's disappointing that you feel like mainly the organization that you came up with and you really feel a commitment and ownership to them. You probably get your feelings hurt a little. Chris Benson was a big student of the game and studied hitters and video. We're joined by Hall of Fame pitcher Phil Necro. Charlie Huff joining us. Rick Peterson joins us. I just want to act like a big market team in New York City. I don't need a $140 million payroll just to say we have it. I'm Matt Fazz this morning. I'm joined by Steve Singer. What are your stuff with buddies the last night? I, you know, because I'm in D.C., I get the Nationals uh, broadcast, and they were raving about Christina's hitting. No. Yeah, that's, 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 Gene Anthony. When he had Wheeler the first yeah. game, 114 pitches, freaked me out. I don't know if Dusty Baker called him and said, hey, you want to ruin your pitching staff? Because um, I, I got a great plan. We had fire and wood, and I, and I virtually just killed him. Stephen Keene from Crane Pool Society. Come on. We're not, you know, I know the ownership thing's for idiots. Now you're going to think we're idiots, and then you want to know why people can't stand it. Nick Kalidas, what I want them to do is clear the whole outfield out. Just let it be, just be Duda. I want to see Duda <laughs> in the center, but like ultra center, where he's just playing all three positions. And let him lead off. I want to see as much Duda as I possibly can. Good day, everybody, and uh, we are back. We're, we're very hot and bothered and ready to go. It's uh, the Cult of Mets Personalities, KindnessCorner.com, and our fine feathered friends are all together, and we are the National League Champions, which uh, kind of sounds fresh like a new pair of underwear, and uh, I have a couple of my esteemed colleagues with me to uh, help talk us through through this new uh, new identity that we have and maybe talk about hot stove and everything else a bit. I have uh, Mr. Gene Anthony and Mr. Dave, the singer-singer uh, on the phone. Uh, what's, what's cooking, guys? Been a while. What's uh, up? So you remember the World Series? <laughs> I do. <laughs> that happened. Yes, sir, it happened. It was a big flash. <laughs> uh, you know what? Since, since we we haven't really talked as a group since uh, since that that uh, entire experience, basically. Um, before we get into kind of hot stove, you want to kind of talk about your your thoughts and and I guess perspective on it now as we're a bit removed from it. Um, Gene, start us off. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, thinking about the Mets in the World Series, you know, when they've in 2000, they lost. I always felt like they had the better team, and, and they just didn't take advantage of a couple of breaks. 
and I, and I truly thought that they should have won. And, and this year, going into the World Series, they had the goodest chance at anybody of winning. And after the World Series, I had this weird feeling of, okay, it's over, but I'm not bitter. And, and, and I'm not bitter because they just were outplayed. And there was no they – they ran into a team that believed in a team philosophy. And up and down that lineup, those guys refused to strike out. There was one home run in the entire World Series by the World Series winners, which I don't think I've ever seen that. And they just bought into the Kansas City philosophy, and I just was like, they lost. Um, they were in every game. They played tough, but it was – they got beat. I don't know. You have the same thought, Dave? Yeah, I was, you know, I loved it. I mean, it was really good to be there. Of course, when you're there, you want to win. And you just could see that uh, that the experience that the Royals had you know, last year really did make the difference. Because I don't think they were necessarily a better team than the Mets. They just mm-hmm. played better. They played tighter. They played looser. Um, they were crisper. I think when we got to end of games, you could see a little trepidation creep up in the match. And the Royals just looked like, hey, we're just going to win this. We're going to get base hits. We're not going to make any mistakes. We're going to outlast them. And, you know, eventually one of us will get a big hit if we if we don't make outs. And that's exactly what happens. So, you know, tip of the cap. Uh, but what I saw from the Mets in 2015 was just a tremendous amount of heart, a tremendous run in the National League portion of the playoffs, beating – two great teams with two great pitching staffs. I mean, look what they did to the Dodgers. Look what they did to the Cubs. And then they get to the World Series. I mean, it's just a great season. Um, and it's been an interesting offseason. So, you know, baseball is, is back in a big way in the league in New York. And I'm happy we can be part of it. Dave, let me ask you a question, just to, to follow up on that really quickly. The Do you feel now, – now, I'm not talking about this um, from a complete roster-to-roster standpoint when it comes to, let's say, the Dodgers in this question, but rather um, with the thought that if you're facing the Dodgers in a five-game series with those two pitchers going four out of five games, it changes the dynamic of that team. So do, do you believe that the Royals were the least talented among the three teams that we played? Yeah, I think in some ways they were. That's a bit of a loaded question, though, because what they didn't have was the star power. And when you look through the lineup, you know, top to bottom, player 1 through 25, you know, the stars don't jump out. But then when you really start thinking about the lineup, though, and the pitching mm-hmm. staff and the bullpen, and their bullpen was phenomenal, and they pitched phenomenal in the World Series. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, you probably, you know, a pound for pound, you know, who's the best fighter in the world? Yeah, they'd be maybe third on that list or fourth, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But there's something to be said for heart, desire, teamwork, and chemistry. And you can't really put a, an exact number on that, but they had all that in spades, and I was just very impressed with that ball club. I don't know, Gene, you, you and I were, were texting obviously quite a bit um, during those, <laughs> during those games. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to write him a letter, but I didn't have his address. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'll he'll be getting. I, I put a bunch of notes in bottles and threw them in the ocean. So in about forty years, they'll be drifting to uh, to California. Somebody will find them. Uh, I mean, obviously, um, <laughs> obviously, you know that I, I wasn't expecting that outcome. Um, did you did you feel kind of similar to to Dave that it was mostly kind of a teamwork thing, or did you? How much? I guess. I hate to say blame because I don't want to 
kind of use a negative term or that, you know, because again, the season was good. We, I think we have a good future ahead of us. So I don't want to get into that negative thought necessarily, but how much, how much of the burden of that loss do you think falls on the Mets rather than the Royals? Well, I, I mean, I know where you're going with this, but I mean, I, I yeah. still, you know, when we went when we went into the World Series, the only ner- and I remember we just smoked smoked the Cubs. I mean, just knocked them on their ass, and they had hitting, and we were fearful going into the Cubs series. Mm-hmm. Uh, will pitching win or will hitting win? And I think they had better better pitching than the Royals, by the way. In theory, they had better pitching in theory than the Royals. Yes, but. The one nervous part I had was, and I think I said on the podcast, was the Royals were there last year. They kind of know what to expect. And so going in, I was, oh, man, how is this going to play out? But, again, the hitting versus the pitching, the difference between the Cubs and the Royals is the Cubs would swing and miss. They were looking for the home run. If the Mets would have played the Toronto Blue Jays in the World Series, I think it would have been a totally different outcome. They would have lost to the Blue Jays. No, I think that they would have beat the Blue Jays because they matched up better power arms against those swing and miss guys. The mm-hmm. Royals just would not strike out, and I think that it freaked the Mets pitchers out because they ran up against a team that they just couldn't strike out. And it just, they had these looks on their faces like, like it was Freddy Krueger. These guys won't go away. And <laughs> they didn't have – they didn't have nobody on that – you know, even they were bragging about Kansas City's defense, and they made probably – more errors that we didn't capitalize on on those mistakes, mm-hmm. but they just put the ball in play, and those are simple baseball fundamentals. Put the ball in play. Well, and, and can I? But go ahead. Let, let me let me yeah, let me follow up with a, with a with a question here, um, and just then you can just continue the, you know the the one pitcher of ours though that did go for the strikeouts and did try to use his strength, won, <laughs> and. Um, the in the beginning of the series when it had pivotal points, they, I mean, yeah, they were putting balls in play because they were given an option to. They, um, you know, there were no 98 mile an hour fastballs coming in there. They were trying to be too cute, and there was even uh, something that I think Harvey had said early on about um, something like we know what they do, so we have, you know, they were championing the fact that they have off-speed pitches, and in the media they were, they were going on and on about don't think the Mets are just about power. They have they have the ability to be a finesse team, and the reality was the only thing that I saw that did <laughs> beat the Royals was power. And so my they fell off an you, awful lot of they put not, I got to I got to right. interrupt you there because you know, at the end of the day if you yeah. looked at the ratio but they right. were throwing their ninety eights and the and the Royals were putting it in play they were now they, some of them were little duck fart singles and they were getting them you know it was working out for them but they were fouling off they were not getting the swing and the miss on the power pitches and it's just unless they weren't you throwing the fastball part of the much. World Series. Huh? They weren't throwing the fastball as much, though. They, I think it oh, went down boy. to something like 40% as opposed to 60% in those first couple of games. And Because Harvey pitched differently eventually. You know what I mean? Like, it just – Yeah. I don't, I don't know, just, man. Like I, you know, watching the, ahead, the Dodgers and the, and the Cubs, it was mm-hmm. – Dave, jump in. I'm sorry. But they just – it was a different team playing – you know, they just – I couldn't believe how many pitches they would foul off. They just would not swing and miss. But yeah, they were, they were scrappy. But Dave, Dave, let me ask you this: Do you scrappy. feel like there was any bit of the Mets overthinking this? 
and that just costing them in the bed. You know, like I'm just thinking like they overthought it in the beginning. And then when they got their feet together, they were starting to kind of get momentum. I mean, we all kind of talked about this thought of if they won that last game, we almost felt like we had the series. Like, in other words, right. they figured them out. And yet, Duda throws the ball into the stands, you know, zippity-duda, <laughs> and then it's all over, you know? I mean, because it ended at five games, almost similar to the 2000 series, where it felt so much closer than it actually ended up. So if you look at it in a bubble, you can think, well, we just got smoked. But we know we didn't get smoked. We just kind of got bled to death. I mean, do you feel that, that them overthinking things, and maybe that is a lack of experience, you think that had – as much to do with it as, as I seem to think, or do you feel like I'm kind of being a fan trying to justify losing? Yeah, I think it's kind of both. I mean, they definitely overthought it in some cases, although, and I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what, I was screaming about something Collins did. I was tweeting about it. I was going crazy, and it worked out perfect. <laughs> you know? And it was just along those lines, like, oh, my God, he's way over managing this, but it just worked out like a dream. Um, so I think you're being a little bit of a fanboy, and at the same time, there was things they did that might not have worked that they shouldn't have done and vice versa. Uh, right. You know, when we look back on this, and, and I do plan at some point, you know, before spring training starts, literally watching every game in this World Series again. Mm-hmm. You know, we're more, you know, not as emotional of an eye. Um, I just, you know, I just, I just don't think we were going to beat them. I really don't. If we would have had a little different outcome, I think mm-hmm. in, uh, you know, that last game where everyone thought, you know, we all did that the Mets were going to win. Um, mm-hmm. We just we could have done it, but man, they were just better. They were a better team. Man, I you know it's weird. I, I'm not you know I'm not inferring that we should have won. Um, it just in the respect, like I, I'm not saying that the Royals didn't earn it, but I do think that the psychological element of it does. I mean, that is part of the game. It's and they the Royals did that better. I just think that that's kind of part of a big part of how they got that advantage. I mean, if you think of it, the Yankees made, uh, made that play for several years in the late nineties and like the 2000 series, we, we were the better team <laughs> and it, you know, you could see it was psychological, even from the fan base. I mean, I, it was, we had this attitude, like we were just waiting for Benitez <laughs> to blow something, <laughs> even though we ignored the talent. And I think, it's just it, to me, it just sort of felt that way. It felt like they were trying to be too cute, and then just couldn't recover in time. Um, and again, that's not necessarily saying that the Royals didn't earn that victory. They earned it by you know doing what they did. But I mean, yeah. I, I just think we were the more talented team. It's hard. It's almost like the I guess the the uh, Orioles and the uh, Mets in the late '60s, where like mm-hmm. they look at their roster and figure, well, we can't lose, and they blink, they blinked, and five games later, um, it was over. So, I mean, the Mets earned it that year, but, you know, it was we were in their heads, and just like the Royals seemed to be in our heads. Yeah. You know, or I could be wrong. Hey. Well, <laughs> the, beginning, wrong, right? the beginning of the playoffs, if you would have yeah. told me that the Royals and the Mets are going to be in, in the World Series, I would have said, well, the Royals will be heavily favored because of last the, the prior year, and they had probably a better season than the Mets consistently. They were – in the lead the entire year, and, and they went pretty much wire to wire. But as mm-hmm. we went into the World Series, the Mets were the favorite team because they just they just steamrolled through the Cubs and they and they beat the Dodgers pretty handily. I mean, except except for the Chase Utley game. And mm-hmm. so it, the Mets were the the favorite team there. But you can't forget that 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 Royals team was a good team. They they didn't sneak into the playoffs. They didn't you mm-hmm. know they played 
a great season. And, and, hey, it takes a lot. I mean, I think the familiar pitch in the first game was almost like the Timo Perez in the 2000 World Series not scoring on, on the double because it, it made the team go, oh, shit, you know, because that quick pitch worked all year long, all the time, and he flagged mm-hmm. it out, and the guy hit a home run, and, that, and that, was, that was the first game. That quick pitch was just ridiculous, though, man. That, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, of all things, you know, that was the one thing that was just uh, – why? I mean, there was no need for it. I, you know that your stuff is so good. Why quick pitch there? Uh, that was just terrible. Well, that, yeah, that was the, kind of that was the part of the World Series that hurt the most. Besides the um, doubled off to end the game, the game. I actually was at that game um, with Cespedes got doubled because uh, I I would have bet the world that they were going to come back and win that game, and and they got the guys on. And I said, oh, here we go, and he gets doubled off, and I'm and we're all just sitting there like, uh, what just happened? Why? <laughs> yeah, why, why? Where are you going? Yeah. Uh, yeah, where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, that, that actually is going to – that was actually useful to see that side of Cespedes because, you know, they could have been suckered into a big-time Beltran-type contract on him, and I'm sure that's going to be part of our discussion today, Nick, but um, mm-hmm. seeing Murphy come back to earth and seeing – you know, because we know Murphy. The rest of the world doesn't. Um, and right. then seeing Cespedes come back to earth, especially defensively, you know, you mm-hmm. could have been – if the season would have ended in the start of the playoffs, Cespedes gets a 10-year deal or a 7-year deal or an 8-year deal. <laughs> you know, which it probably helps us long term if you really think mm-hmm. of it. Um, and, in fact, I mean, I think that there's a lot of that World Series that might actually help us um, going down the road. And, um, you know, bringing it back to that whole Baltimore late 60s thing, I think um, – well, I guess that they were in before us. They, they had an early experience, but you know they did come back the following year and then did do some damage going forward. So I think sometimes you need that that experience in the very beginning. Like that that might have been the 2015 equivalent of like 1985 for us, getting yeah. right yeah. there, feeling like we're better, but we just lost. You know, so they made the adjustments that they needed, and I think you know leading into this off season, I guess we can kind of get into the hot stove a bit here. Um, I think hopefully stuff is kind of clear because honestly, the one thing that I that I like about this team and about the way the team's been set up, um, and this includes you know late last season as well, is that I think a lot a lot of stuff is very predictable. I mean, Gene, you can attest to this too. Like we were when we were texting, like literally, it, how hard was that to kind of figure out? What the where the probabilities lied about as things happening. So like, you you didn't have situations where you had like a Justin Turner type that had to kind of play over his head to be that successful. Like I know we got Dan Murphy that kind of went nuts for a bit, but for the most part, you kind of knew what players were going to do because we had more um, I guess more predictable players in the lineup, more predictable pitching. So I mean I think like Gene, you and I were going back and forth, and we kind of called every series. And I think even before the Royal series, you know, I think I even texted you something like only way we're going to lose this is if we outthink ourselves, <laughs> you right. know, and, right. and that even happened. But like that piece I like, because I think at least from my own personal perspective, I think that I, I know what this team is right now going into next year. Um, even if they don't get Cespedes and they don't get the big bat, it's not like we have a million things like a David Wright situation where like, well, if six things happen and this one veteran comes back (laughs) and does well, then we can perform like this. I think we have a very kind of clear picture of what the season is going to be like, you know, depending on different moves. So 
you know, even before getting into the logistics of it, do you guys feel kind of the same way where we have more sure things at different positions than we normally do? Like, do you feel secure in that way? I, I mean, Dave, why don't you – I'm sorry, I'm glomming on. Dave, you start on. Yeah, no, you know, I, I really don't. You know, it's just kind of the opposite for me. Um, really? Okay. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I like Conforto out there. You know, center field's still a toss-up. Uh, you know, the infield – um, you know, second short, I kind of feel a little better. Really? Uh, but, but I still don't know, you know, what, what David Wright's status is going to be and what we got in Duda, Darno. I mean, I think that the lineup is basically kind of set now, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I love it. I, I just I still think we need, to, we need that bigger bat. Who's going to be the big bat next year? I mean, you saw the difference in the team with mm-hmm. Cespedes, right? We well, yes we and need no. Anybody. Yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, of course I saw what you saw, but you know, there was more than just Cespedes that happened at the same time. We we gained a lot in one shot. So to me, like it seems hard to really quantify the um the difference that he made completely because we gained I mean, think of it, we gained Conforto. We gained Darno right back. Darno yep. came back. Syndergaard just yep. had started to do well. We still had lost Matt, so we still had the Nice and Cologne going in the rotation and then and the the Nats got healthy at the same time. So we basically gained 10 games in two months on the Nats with the Nats getting healthier and us getting a bunch of players. And the only person we lost was so far has been uh, Cespedes, but we gained right. Nats. And, and um, in a couple of months, we're going to gain Wheeler. And then the Nats also lose their center fielder, their number three starter, their, <laughs> and their uh, – and, Actually, who else did they? They lost somebody else big. I almost forgot who it was. There's third baseman, you know, Escobar. Yeah, bingo. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, so when you bring it back to Cespedes, yeah, I mean, he helped like crazy, obviously, for, for that month. He disappeared for part of September. But, like, it's hard when, you know, you, it wasn't like we were the same team. We dropped in Cespedes, and all of a sudden we just took off. We dropped in yeah. half a lineup, <laughs> half a complete half lineup. But you did and, see and those also guys for exhale when he was in the lineup. You could see them yeah, going, of you know, because he was just off. Of course. Yeah, that I agree with completely. You know, but it, but it also was more talent. <laughs> I mean, Conforto and Darno on top of right. I mean, that's like trading for half an all-star team. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I don't know. Gene, do you kind of – Talk about what Dave talked about a little bit. Like, like well, you know, there's a couple. See, yeah. there's, there's a thing, and I'm going to ask Dave to, to take a look at something. But, you know, one of the things that the playoffs did for me was it, it did solidify how good Syndergaard is. And we saw yeah. him grow in the playoffs yeah. in the World Series. I mean, he had a good season. But you saw him just give me the ball and look out. And I, I never really believed he was going to be able to do that. There was all the talk about him in the minors. Going into the season with DeGrom, Harvey, and Syndergaard, just having that foundation, plus how are you going to rattle this guy now that he pitched in the World Series? And when you give young guys that experience at that critical time, and, and even a guy that, that is that big, throws that hard, is insecure. And now he's like, no, I can do this. This is, this is, this is no problem. Dave, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of felt that way too about, okay, well, what have we done, you know, and – but if you look at Walker and Cabrera's numbers and the fact that they're switch hitters, we're going to have a much more balanced lineup than when we had Murphy and whoever the hell was at mm-hmm. shortstop. 
Um, yeah. And it really, these guys are putting out 18 home runs. Walker is, you know, more than Murphy. And, uh, you know, beyond home runs, we're going to get a probably a smarter baseball player. Um, hmm. Even though I, I became a big Murphy fan, obviously, during the playoffs, and I always liked his spirit, but you never knew, like, what Murphy was going to do. And Nick and I were talking about how that play that he made against the Dodgers running the third base, most of the time he's going to get tagged out because the third baseman was right there and he didn't see him. Yeah. You know, and it's right. that, that it was Murphy's crowning <laughs> achievement of his career. But, you know, you, half, halfway down the line as he's running, I'm going, oh, God, please don't let the third baseman be right behind the umpire or something. Um, it, was like when, uh, it was like when President Bush would say something smart, right? He'd just start smirking because you're like, <laughs> yeah. I, I said something exactly. smart. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so – when I I would feel a little bit better if they could either do one of two things, and it's in their different things offensively. If they could get somebody that could be their lean-on guy to take the, the the pressure off the other guys, I would like to see that. Although this might be Conforto's come out year, if they don't yeah. do that, I wouldn't mind them going after a pure leadoff hitter and dropping Granderson into more of a power position because he showed that. He did show that he could hit home runs consistently last year. And so he might be the guy that take him out of the leadoff spot, drop him down to a three or five or even a power two. But, you know, you're going to get your home runs out of him. And and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I see more balance to the lineup. And then you can take Flores and Tejada and put them in there for a breather on these other guys. If they, I, I don't think they're going to keep Flores. Um, but if they do, really? they have those guys – as as a, as a middle infield replacement. Yeah, I think I like kind of like keeping Flores because let's say David Wright is going to be like a hundred and thirty five game guy. Yeah. Duda, you know, he's going to be like a hundred and thirty five, hundred forty game guy, right? Because there's certain lefties you just don't want to start him against. And right. then Walker has got some pretty shitty left right numbers when you look at him. And, and believe me, I like Walker. I, I think right. Walker Murphy is fine. I have no problem with it. Um, but he just did not hit. I think lefties is where he struggled last year as well. So, you know, you can see uh, uh, Flores, you know, at least having 80 games there amongst those three guys. So why, why would you lose? And that's half time for a player who's young and under contract for cheap. I, I would keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, I, I'm thrilled so far with this team. Um now, I mean, I would I'd sign Cespedes in a heartbeat because I think that that is, regardless of what happened in the series, it's funny. I I actually liked the fact that a little time went by because I did a complete 180 on him <laughs> once the playoffs hit. But now with a little perspective, you know, I think the guy is going to be paid probably what he actually does deserve, and I think we might be able to get him for a reasonable deal. But if if we can't get him, I'm okay. I'm okay to sit like this until July, and you know. I'm just because, and, and look, I know that the Nationals suffered from this issue for a couple of years, but like I'm trying to put things into perspective because I think that that different teams are react differently to things, and the Nationals clubhouse was terrible, and they had the worst manager on the planet, and all that jazz. But <laughs> um, yeah, but I I don't see how with this team that we have right now. Let's say we didn't add anything else, even another bullpen piece, which I really think we need. Um, I don't think. They're gonna. I don't think anyone's gonna touch us all year. I think it's just mm-hmm. a playoff team, basically. And my reasoning behind that is because when we they're saw gone. the Nats, 
<laughs> of course. No, actually, it's Dick Scott. It's, I'm all about Dick Scott, man. The, the years of jokes that's going to have for us is just wonderful. Um, you know, but beyond the Dick Scott advantage, you know, which is nothing to shake a stick at. You know, it's a big deal. But um, and by the way, that's probably why Murphy can't come back. You know, there's there's just going to be a little too much dick around, and he has a real problem with that. But <laughs> um, I just I I saw us gain ten games on a on a national team that was finally back from the DL with no flaws pitching than they had this year, better hitting than they had this year. And we are taking the team that beat them, removing one power hitter, but adding in one more ace and then eventually another ace <laughs> who's going to be on no innings limit because he's going to start halfway through the year. And then we upgraded, as far as I'm concerned, we upgraded our middle infield. Um, significantly because we have two average <laughs> major league players uh, with experience that are have experience being starters that don't they're not here to play multiple positions they're here to play that position I uh, and who and they both have had experience being good in the past and they're not attached to these crazy deals it's I think it's mm-hmm. freaking wonderful and we upgrade the bench because you replace you know of course we can still sign what's his face a good luck charm but like we replace Kelly Johnson with Flores. All of a sudden, now we have that coming off the bench. And who's our good luck charm? I know that. T- I'm sorry. Who's our good luck charm? Um. Oh, Uribe. Uribe? You, you sign your Uribe, you get into the playoffs. He doesn't play much for you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like he, thing the only happened. roster he was on, we lost the series. So I don't see him as any good we luck got charm. There. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, with that's one of a bitch. They could have kept him off the roster. a huge accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> but, He's I mean, so overrated. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll, well, look. I'm not saying I enjoy him when when he bats, but I. No, whatever. He's, he's, I guess he's a good my, guy in his complimentary he, piece, but I was yeah, exactly. concerned. Like the only series he was on the roster, we lost. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. You know what? If you if you think of it, I'm 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 taking um, Todd out of the mix just because I just can't stand him, but, you know, assuming he escapes Steve's dungeon and gets <laughs> back to the field, realistically, he's better than, like, Eric Campbell or those types coming out to play. And so, and then we have much more um, stability as far as people to back up injured players. I mean, you think of it, Wright gets hurt, then Flores takes his place, or, you know, Darno gets hurt, you know, we have Ploiecki, theoretically, that can step in a little bit, which, you know, his bat's going to take off at some point a bit. So it's, to me, we have flexibility. We don't have what's-his-face anymore. Thank God he retired. So we have the ability to bring in a bat in a year and, and pay for it. Because think of it, we only brought in Cespedes because Wright got hurt and we collected insurance money last year. So now the insurance money comes in whatever the hell we saved from uh, from Kadir. Um, and So honestly, consider what the Nats did, I don't see how we don't win by 20 games as is. Because we look, we gained ten games in in like what a month and a half. And Cespedes was stunk for September or a lot of September. So like, how, like I don't I don't understand how there's going to be any competition with the pitchers being healthier and we we're five deep. One gets hurt, who cares? <laughs> we even have Montero as like a sixth, and then Cologne's going to end up in in the pen theoretically in July. You know, I just. Can we, can we just talk about Cologne? Can we, can we talk about Cologne real quick? Mamma mia. I'm like, um, uh, you know, I know it's cheap, relatively <laughs> speaking, $7 million. I know everything he said, he'll do whatever it takes. He loved mm-hmm. the Mets was last okay. year and all that. I, I was mm-hmm. just kind of ready to part company with that because I don't want Terry Collins to start him. I think Terry's going to want to start him, you know, and 
don't know. I just I disagree, man. I mean, the first time they signed like him, I was the only one on the podcast that thought it was a terrible idea, and I thought mm. there was something about him I didn't know. I'm like, this is terrible, and everybody was like, this is great, and now I'm like, this is great, and now you're like, this is terrible. I, I <laughs> you know, the thing about him is he's he's he's. He's no Dylan G. He's better than Dylan G. He's steady. Mm-hmm. He accepts his role. He doesn't get pissy. You put him in the bullpen. He had a great playoff. Uh, they threw him in the bullpen. This guy's established. He's like, okay, I'll pitch in the bullpen. And he never embarrassed you pitching. And I know you shouldn't just mm-hmm. sign guys that don't embarrass you, but, you know, having him out there and, and, and having him tell and show, like, young guys that you can win on a fastball only – and as long as you can move it and do it, and I think it's – and they got him for for cheap. I mean, that's mm-hmm. – in, in 2016 money, that's cheap. Yeah. You know, I agree. But, they, hey, and we got to see Nice's true colors where we knew him, but as he's <laughs> talking about our <laughs> right. defense and how that's what screwed John Nice out of winning games in New York. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with Cologne thing, too. I mean, I'm like, it's not like I, I – I am excited to see him pitch or anything, but I mean, we, the, what we had to offer starters were, it's, I mean, it wasn't exactly very attractive. Yeah. C- come, come to the Mets and you can, you can pitch for a couple of months. And if someone gets hurt, you can continue to do it. And if not, you can get into the pen and be a long man. I mean, the guys that we were going to choose from, you know, he's somebody that's already been here and, you know, you guys talked about chemistry and, you know, I don't know, like we saw in the eighties, when they upgraded the talent, it disturbed the chemistry and the whole team fell apart. You know, like I think, you know, I don't really think if you got a team that makes it there, you really should mess with it too, too much. You know, and I mean, to me, and I know everybody disagrees with me, Dan Murphy seemed like a jerk. He, I mean, I, in interviews I've, I've heard him at, you know, when I've heard him talk, and I realize it seems like he is always – talking about his teammates first in media interviews, but there's a subtlety there. There's a, I don't know, there's something, I'm usually pretty good at reading people. There's something about Dan Murphy that just seems really obnoxious. And I know Gary Cohen has a huge issue with him, and clearly the team doesn't want him back almost at any price. So, you know, I don't, I I think that the swap is might actually help this team in some respect. And yeah. they clearly like Cologne. He clearly loves being here. And, you know, so I think that positive reinforcement, um, you know, rather than just changing parts. I think it's it's a positive thing. So I think replacing Cologne with another pitcher might have might have been a bit of a detriment. So that that's why I'm like, I'm fine. He got, he's overpaid a bit, but you know, and you know what the rotation's gonna months. look like going in. You know that there's no right. is it gonna be month for once we don't have to worry about who's gonna be the magical fourth and fifth guys and who's not gonna be happy, you know going in. Although the Murphy mm-hmm. thing I was I felt the exact same way until I heard he might go to the Nationals and I was like ah oh, I don't want to see that because that could be a pain in the ass all year but yeah. that doesn't look mm-hmm. like it's going to go through with Phillips. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and it could also have been the Murphy's camp putting that out to try to True. scare the Mets into making an offer. <laughs> you think that I know happen? the Marlins love him. The Marlins and they have D Gordon, but they love. You swear <laughs> that he was Babe Ruth every time that he plays against the Marlins. Man, so I mean, I, I what's look, Dave? Let me ask you a question. So you, you, I know how you <laughs> felt about some of the moves and everything. Like, is there? Do you feel that you kind of wanted other things to happen to to just to tweak the team? But do you feel that it really would impact how we are going to perform in the division? 
I mean, is there a way we get beat with that, that that's not injury related? <laughs> yeah, I definitely think with the class, the NL East, you know, the Nationals are going to be good. You know, they're going to be a good team. Still top to bottom, they're good. And they have Bryce Harper. And they still got a good pitching staff. You know, they're going to be a good team. I see a lot of the Nationals way more than I want to, and they're going to be good. So I think that the uh, the Nats and the Mets and you know, they're going to duke it out. But, yeah, I, I don't think we get beat unless there's injuries. When we have all this pitching, we have mm-hmm. enough hitting. You know, Darno should have a breakout 25 home run, all-star catcher kind of year. I think uh, just like you were saying, uh, Gene, you know, Conforto could come up and he could be a big bopper next year. I mean, shit, that guy could easily hit 30, 35 dingers and In play great too, baseball. Man. Under that pressure, I mean, that was wildly impressive. I mean, he was, when he came out, I was screaming from the rooftops how thrilled I was. He was the best college hitter in the nation when he came out. And look at him. He's compact. He's strong. He's got a great zone, mm-hmm. a good eye. You know, his, his swing has got just this tiny hitch that bothers me, but it's not horrible. Uh, and I just I just love his makeup. You know, and, and the knock on him was his fielding. Look, he's not going to win a gold glove, but he, he makes pretty nice plays out there. And uh, he's got a decent arm. I just love him. I think he could be a cornerstone for this team for the next 10 years. You know, so so long-winded way of saying, yeah, I, I like the team. I like our chances. I really do. I think, you know, the Cubs are going to be a juggernaut. I think the Dodgers are going to be a juggernaut. And I think the Mets are going to be a juggernaut. So we got some, some good National League Baseball to watch in, in 2016. Hey, Gene, all right, so – with all that being said, um, let's let's look at the Cubs for a minute, right? So we we manhandled them, and, and bad as they looked against us, I think that they just, I think they, they had a bit of a spook happen to them, just like uh, just like we did. But that we did against Kansas City. But that being said, with the Cubs upgrades, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with their with what they've done from a pitching standpoint. They're a little bit, they're better, but like, I mean. Them signing Hayward, I mean, I, I thought whatever team ended up with Zobris was making a huge mistake. I mean, I, I think that's completely, completely nuts. I mean, I mean, he's a really good utility infielder. That they they just traded a 25 to 30 home run, uh, granted underachiever, but like a decent young infielder with pop for Ben Zobrist. Uh, basically, um, <laughs> it do- doesn't make any any sense to me. But I think that they've upgraded, but they haven't upgraded in a way that would make them harder to beat in a short series. No, and we don't have to last them out for the division or anything. So, do you are you afraid of the Cubs any more than you were last year? Uh, a little bit, and, and only and I wasn't really afraid. I was nervous about them, but I wasn't like, oh boy. I mean, I going in that series, but the Zobris factor. <laughs> I think that I'm glad that they picked him up for those years. He's an older guy, but he's gonna he's gonna stabilize that that lineup a little bit because they were all free swingers with good success, great success. Mm-hmm. Hayward, you know they they're basically saying, look, we're gonna. I don't know why they didn't invest a little bit more in pitching like David Price. If they would have picked up David Price, I would have been sweating them out. Um, but mm-hmm. but Lackey, I'm not sweating them in, in the pitching department because remember they didn't win their division last year. And so they had that great team, but they, they couldn't beat the Cardinals. So, yeah, the lineup is going to be a strong lineup, but it's going to be like facing the Royals in the World Series, basically, that the lineup is going to be every guy is going to be somebody you have to deal with. And there's not going to be many holes in that lineup whatsoever. Uh, they remind me a lot of the Atlanta Braves that 
they might be built a little bit more for the season versus the playoffs. But mm-hmm. that could so change if those guys, you know, remember, the, you know, Bryant's a rookie, uh, Rizzo is a kid, you know, these guys are young, and they were in the big spotlight, huge spotlight, and they honestly thought they would beat us, and so did all of Chicago. I mean, they bought into the Back to the Future shit. Um, and, you know, for, next year they're going to be tough, a little bit tougher or, or as tough, but they kicked our ass during the season. So, well, not, know, not really. I mean, well, they, 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 they kicked they kick so. the team with Eric Campbell playing third. Yeah. <laughs> that <Yeah>. ass. <laughs> That's not our ass. <laughs> no, and, and you're right, but I'll tell you this. Uh, you guys were talking before about what, what could we have done. We could have taken a page out of their book, and, I, and this probably isn't going to be that popular, but if you really wanted to put a little nail in the National League East, you would have went after Chapman. And you would have said, there's no way you're getting past our bullpen at any stage. And you could theoretically tell Familia that, hey, you're going to be the co-setup guy. You'll be the, I mean, you'll be the co-closer or the setup guy. He would have been fine with it, I believe. But I would have loved to pick up Chapman, you know. And I know, I mean, even if it would have cost us something more than we wanted to give, but it really would have kicked people in the teeth in terms of our, our pitching. Hmm. Although, Interesting. we see what Chapman is now. You know huh? what I mean? So maybe there was a there was a reason why no one wanted him, um, and I think we were seeing what it was. You know, he yeah. he's got personality problems. I mean, it's like Frankie Rodriguez punching Put out his father. Put him in AAA with Wally <laughs> Let them sort it out. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, you know, you know, Wally's gonna get hurt. You know, he he. he um, it's funny, but like Wally is one of those guys, like you know, that I know he fights constantly or he has the potential to but he's not like i don't know these guys are all big (laughs) he doesn't seem like a guy that would win many fights just get into a lot you know (laughs) oh lord i I agree with you though about that about the arms uh, like getting another another lockdown closer type um i mean i i don't think they should have overpaid for uh for the guy from baltimore or anything like that i think no yeah, I mean maybe and I like Terrell Reed. I like I like or... Reed a lot, believe it or not. I I really do like him. Yeah, so I mean as a seventh inning guy, honestly, you know what? Mejia's coming back theoretically <laughs> at some point for at least for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, you talk yeah, about chemistry, well, um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, right. I really that would be nice to to grab somebody in the bullpen, and maybe that's what they're going to do um, because the Cubs they they just went, you know. Uh, think about it. If Arietta doesn't have the same type of season as last year, they're going to be in some trouble. You know, we could have we we could have Harvey slip and maybe you know, and we're going to have guys to pick up those those guys. You know, this is Harvey's year to come back. And mm-hmm. if he pitched like that last year when he really wasn't supposed to, and we saw what Degrom can do, and and now with Syndergaard, you know, this is this is going to be a seriously staff team for, for pitching. You forgot Matt's. I know. Oh, I don't really want to mention him. There's no expectations on him. <laughs> That's going to be so much fun. I'm sorry. This is just great. This is, I mean, uh, you know, with people talking about, you know, selling off a pitcher, uh, which I, I've heard, like, enough times to make me nauseous, I I can't stand it. Like, I've seen stuff on online that, that, that Matt would post along the lines of, like, should we trade Wheeler? And I'm thinking, you know, like, for for what exactly like what's why why is that the topic the topic should be should we be going after a power hitter and are we willing to give up what it takes to get one rather than should we trade Wheeler because the answer is like hell no hell no I mean look we can't we all know we can't pay for all these guys going forward but like 
I mean, you guys can, can correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, in my entire time watching baseball and studying baseball, and, and I've heard other people kind of say the exact same thing, I, um, man, I've never seen anything like this before. And I want to watch it. You know, once, this is like a unique opportunity we have to see what a team would, would perform like with five guys all like this. It's just wild, you know? So I'm looking forward to that. I don't want to see anything change, at least for two years. You know, let's, let's enjoy this, you know, and maximize this. That, that's my thought. But I think it works yeah. against the Mets in, in, the, in the trades, guys, because it's like having five 69 Camaros in, in a lot, and everybody's like, well, you mm-hmm. have five Camaros, man. Give up one of them. Every, you know, anytime there's a trade to be made, like Frazier would have cost the Mets one of those arms. Look what Frazier got traded for. And he so, got traded for nothing, a bucket of bolts. It for nothing. Exactly. It would have cost, it, but, cost us an arm. Like, how come we would have to pay that? <laughs> because you know? everybody's, everybody's going to say, you have those arms. We want one of those arms. And if you try yeah. to give them anything but one of those arms, they're going to say, oh, mm-hmm. you're trying to give us shit. But, but what they gave up for Frazier, mm-hmm. we could have never pulled that off. Just because we have all these shining things on our, on our roster that people are going to yeah, want Yeah, but can't you just say – yeah, but you know what, though? You know, if you, you can play it the other way, too, just so saying, like, look what I have in the garage. You know, so I have some other stuff in the back, and, um, you know, it's trust like me, you want to look at the other stuff, too, right you know. There. But, yeah, but we, we have five drivers, you know, so it's not like we have an extra one no one's using. Like, you know, somebody's going to be driving a Pinto <laughs> if we give one of those cars away. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, if you have five, five Cadillacs and you have five drivers and everybody else at best has two Cadillacs and a couple of shit cars – I mean, hell, that's that is such a competitive advantage. Like no one's like we. The, this is two pitchers better than the Braves were in their prime, and they dominated the divisions. And this is we're talking five, man. It's you know almost to be very blunt. It's not. Like I don't want Cespedes badly, but who who cares? We yeah. we have a way better team hitting wise than we started last year with, and we were five hundred with just now we've yeah. got four and Wheeler coming back. And a better lineup. This is no shot. I mean, I don't. The Nats. I don't see the Nats getting within, <laughs> getting within sniffing distance of us unless we lose two pitchers and and Darno and another hitter and Conforto or something. I, I mean, things can happen, but I just, man, I just don't see any competition in the NL East at all. And I see the Nats being decent, but I see them being 500 decent, not like <laughs> not 90 win decent. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm off, but like that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, I, I see the Nats as kind of a you know an 85 to 92 win team. You know, depending, right? Because we don't know what we're gonna have. You know, how how scary good could this Mets team be? You know, with the upside of adding you know back Wheeler, you know, at uh, at full strength, and and if you know our pitchers really all just have. The, the expected season is not even like, you know, Sion sure. or if they have the expected season. I mean, this team should win 100 games. I, I, it's got an 86 vibe to me. The only, only issue that I have with the whole team is Duda right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you know what? Like, like was, was that or was that not the, the, the crowning moment of, of Duda being Duda? When he just yeah. took that ball, the end of that game, the whole season is in his hands, and he chucks it. He chucks it like Steve Sachs, man. He, <laughs> that's the Mackie Sasser. He, 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 yeah. he, he threw it. It's like Bad News Bears. He threw it into the stands. I mean, it wasn't You thought Duda's defense was going to save this team. You were mistaken, my friend. He's there they, for all of us. 
oh my lord, man, her, Keith Hernandez could have made that with his eyes closed. And Duda, yeah. Duda has time. He, it wasn't even a rush throw. It's, it was almost like a joke. He's like, set, he's looking at Darno. He's setting up. It's slow motion. And like, oh god, I. And at the, at, on the biggest stage, and this guy wilts all the time. Like he didn't do anything for us in the playoffs. That guy hit had get no, 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 no. He hit that home run in Chicago. He he put the capper on in Chicago. Go back and <laughs> now. No, no, no. We didn't just win the game though. He did. Dude, that's he like did strawberry in game seven the at the Red end Sox. of the season. But don't don't blame him for everything. <laughs> he led the team in home run. Come on, the guy. He's not on that field uh, for his defense, for Christ's sake. Come on, Nick. And that's not the one thing. That's uh, like, no, no, on, no, no, no. Oh, God. I, you just want to keep the intro. It. You just want to keep the intro to the podcast. Oh. I can tell. That's <laughs> all you want to do. I, 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 no, this, like, I, I, all season I've been, I've been saying, actually for, for two years now, <laughs> I, or like a year and a half, I've been, I've been saying that I, was, I thought I was wrong. I take it all back. <laughs> the whole thing. <sighs> they, they, I, am, I am so done with his his. 14-day, 30-home run bit, <laughs> you know, or maybe just let him stay home, and when he feels like hitting, they can bring him in. He can hit He can hit his 14 homers in, like, three nights, and then he, they can send him back home again. It wasn't the balls hitting off Cespedes' legs in the outfield. It was due to throwing the ball home. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's get on to it, you know, and his haircut. Who cuts their hair uh, like that? But he's in the infield, man. Like, he's too passive. Get it? You know, he choked. And look, yeah, I saw Cespedes choke. And you know what? They don't want Cespedes back, apparently. But Cespedes has more athletic ability, at least. And can I just, you know, the reality is that there's not enough consistency there behind Duda. And I think right now he's he still has value. And so, I mean, I think if you, if you get somebody that's a little better defensively to play first, and there's a million first basemen, that maybe is Joey a little... Bottom. M- M- milk on the Reds, Joey Votto. Yeah, I would do that. I he's would a little psycho, up. but he'll give yeah. you the energy that you're looking for, Nick. That he's all into it. He's not passive. Yeah. He's going to bite off an umpire's head. There you and go, Joey Votto. But they haven't. It would cost them Wheeler. That's the thing. No, 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 the Duda. Yeah. No, no, they can have Duda. The they can have Duda. No one gets Wheeler. Tell them, Dave. No one get unless Trout's coming back. Nobody gets the starter. <laughs> Duda. <laughs> they can have Duda. Duda and and Dick Scott. <laughs> all right. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Here's what worries me, and this is where it would be nice if Steve was here. But Dave, you can chime in, I'm sure, on this topic too. If we go back to the thing that's bothered us for three or four years, podcasting and its management, they're reaping the benefits on the cheap, and they have a team that is all cheap right now. They're doing this on a very low payroll. Alderson somehow has made his plan work out but they're still not investing in a team that's giving them revenue. If they go and get – not overpay for Zobris, not do something sick, but if they don't invest in this team to show you that, look, we're not going to let these four starters just walk out of New York when their time is done, they're not giving us any indication that they're going to mess around with this payroll, and that makes me nervous. <laughs> I, I can I can chime in on that. Um, the fact I mean, look, I know this is reality, and they're just sitting in a support. But the fact that they had uh, loose lip uh, Rico at the GM meetings, basically just coming out and saying we're not we can't sign five or four or whatever he's you know whatever it is, you know, knowing that um, they could. I mean, they could, if they really wanted to up to payroll to like 130, they could. Probably, maybe not Harvey, but they can try. They could buy out everyone's first year or two free agency, 
and at least extend this window a little bit because, you know, this clearly they're never going to invest in this team. I mean, really invest like they should. You know, I don't see it. Um, when they were when they were rolling in fake money, they they invested pretty well, but then they didn't invest at all in the minor league system. So we really don't know what they invested overall in the organization. So our minor league system is much better, but it's probably at the expense of the major league roster at this point. So, you know, this is just the ownership we have. It's never – I don't think it's ever going to change. So if we want to enjoy this, I mean, to me, it's these arms and – you know, you can't pay them 30 million bucks a piece. So I would just, man, to me, I want to see them step up and just increase the payroll marginally over the next few years so we get to at least suck an extra year or two out of this fund before before it's over, you know. I know. Dave, what, are you, what are you looking for? Because honestly, outside of, let's say, like a Cespedes or something, there really isn't anyone to buy. I mean, you can make an argument for Upton, Kind of, you have to move people around. But outside of that, I mean, I don't even know, you know, who who they could purchase that would be worth it. Unless unless you save up for Bryce Harper in two years, <laughs> and then have one great year <laughs> for people. <start. laughs> you don't say, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Sorry, Dave? I, I got no. bad. I have a, I'm having a bad connection. So you're telling me who did, I heard you going out, trying to go out for Bryce Harper? That's what I heard. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you passed out at that point? Sonny! I'm like, what? Get off my lawn! <laughs> Stop skateboarding on my grass! <laughs> hey, they're so afraid of that in Washington that they cut his line off of the phone. <laughs> when you start talking about signing Bryce Harper out of out of Washington, he loses like 20 minutes of his phone conversation. Uh, oh man! Investing in the team, really Dave. What do you think? Yeah. Investing. Where would we invest? Yeah, I don't know. I want to hold on to these pictures as long as we can. I mean, who's the first one that's up for free agency? Is it Harvey? Or is it Wheeler? Uh, I don't even know. No, Harvey. Harvey. Yeah, I, I mean, by, Harvey's going to walk. He's going to be, you know, with these crazy freaking prices, you know, $300 million for these guys, all these weird contracts. You know, the only saving grace, possibly, I could see the Wilpon selling this team in two to three years. I really could. I mean, you sell when you're on top. These guys aren't stupid money-wise. So the team is, if they can get back to the dance next year, the team is going to be as valuable as it ever will be. And I can see them just trying to part company and get a new ownership group in here that's going to spend to the level that we need to spend that to be have a consistent run. Is that too wrong for me to dream about, you know, that we could actually have a team and an ownership group that are in sync and spend the money just to keep us competitive forever? How, how amazing would that be? Oh, I'd love that. Um, I, I think it's a fantasy, um, but honestly, I'll tell you what though. I do think that if um, if uh, Jeff Wilpon ever got full control of the team, I think we would spend wildly for a while because I think yeah. he, he's he could be a Steinbrenner. You know, he's he's capable. Yeah. You know, <laughs> break himself. You know, <laughs> um, but I I think the the issue is the old man, um, old man and Uncle Sal, and um, you know. I just I think that that's our our issue. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I depends maybe how how um, how sincere Fred was about like wanting to keep it in his family, or if it was just sort of like words. I don't know. Yeah, Gene, you have any uh, I, I <laughs> any think, expectation I, of that, or is that 
gone at this point. I think that Dave's <laughs> plan Dave's plan will backfire because these guys love attention. And so if they go back to the World Series, they're going to have this big market attention that they're going to get excited about, and they're going to hold on with both hands. And I wish they – man, I, that would be the Christmas miracle if they could, when this team is high, sell it and then have somebody come in here that will invest without dismantling. You know, you got to be careful what you wish for. You don't want the Marlins old owner to come in here and just totally break everything down. Um, but, mm-hmm. man, it would be nice to have – I'm saying not so much tie up the pitchers, but make a move that pushes the payroll a little bit to show to show us, look, we're not going to do everything on the cheap because they got, they have revenue coming in, World Series revenue. It's not a, a bank killer. It's not a breaker, but – they have to be doing good right now. I mean, they're winning. Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I noticed, and I know, you know, we got to wrap up really, really quick right now. So I just want to kind of touch on a couple more things, get your opinions on them. Um, along the lines of what you just said about them wanting attention, you know, outside of one cringeworthy moment I saw about, you know, I think he was cutting, I forgot what he was doing, like touching a trophy or something. But outside of that, I didn't see <laughs> one drop of the Wilpons at any point, or didn't he even hear from them at any point during the entire playoff run? You yeah, notice that? In the celebration. I saw Jeff Wilpon for about 30 seconds on one broadcast, and that's it. I mean, do you think that's meaningful at all? You think MLB told them, listen, just lay low? Do you think someone's getting in their head? I mean, like, what's how, how did that happen? Because that's not a usual thing that we normally see. Well, how much do you see the owners when you don't win at all? So maybe that was it. If they would have won at all, maybe they would have come flying out of the, the, the cardboard. Yeah, we heard from these guys were like, they like attention. They're all over the place. So, like, why why now? Like, how how did – who quieted them down? Because <laughs> that's just such an unusual, <laughs> unusual thing. No one's been able to do that at this point. Yeah, they kind of gotten away from showing a lot of owners lately. Even, you know, some of the more marquee owners like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Patriots owner and um, what's his name? Uh, oh gosh, the other guy. But anyway, it's not like it was 10, 20 years ago where the owners, you know, got this big trophy thing because people hated it. It just sucks. So I think TV is driving that. And frankly, I'm mm-hmm. glad we didn't see the World Ponds. I saw that one awkward National League trophy in a dark room with a head stall <laughs> and his classic surgery and Murphy with his MVP trophy. I mean, how freaking awkward was that whole thing? A little Jeff the Rat Boy's face and, you know, Fred looking like, you know, this, this old, decrepit South Florida, bad tan, fading trunks up past his man nipples. I mean, that was just an awkward, awkward moment. But that's the only time I saw him. <laughs> Oh man! I did hear him say when they when he was doing that. I heard them say to each other, and, and they whispered it, but I could hear it. Now what the fuck are we gonna do? You know, because now <laughs> the team's winning, and they have no more excuses for not selling, you know, not buying, and not spending any money. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I um, I always wonder what those guys are up to because every time you see them, they, they, you know, you see them quietly exchange a dollar. They like to make me a dollar bet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right, two, two quickies, guys, and then we'll 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 hang up the. I love a quickie podcast. Oh, well, there you go. Well, Isn't awesome. two quickies a regular? If you get two quickies, that's the, that's a regular. I call that. Uh, I think no. I think three and a half. Three and a half is a regular. <laughs> this is more like a sloppy second, you know. Um, 
Okay, I guess this this is a little a little bit more on the serious side, but I think it's something that obviously has to do with the future of the team a little bit, and that's um, Sandy's health, which you know people really haven't been talking much about. Which I understand you want to be respectful of him and everything, but yeah. um, I don't know about you guys, and I'd like your opinion. Um, I'm scared to death because especially now seeing what the hell John Rico was doing. Because clearly he got the uh, <laughs> he he's, he was the mouthpiece and he is a mouthpiece that you, that you clearly don't want because um, he was just not doing a wonderful job of it. So the only things that to me that worked during the winter meeting time was the plans Andy had that they were executing. But God God help us if this guy is sort of in charge. Um, are you worried? Like I almost have a this kind of um, Gil Hodges feel about um, Alderson a bit. And, you know, I don't want to lose this guy. And so, I mean, I don't know. Have you been giving it that much thought? I'll go first. Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. You know, I think that this is – he pulled this out of the Major League movie when the guy pretended like he was dying and he was had the radio to his ear. So this is all a ploy <laughs> to get them to win one for the Gipper. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I don't – I think I think the more – logical issue with Sandy is he was only going to write this ship and then he was going to leave. I don't think he was right. staying for the long haul anyways, man. So um, I don't know. That's kind of a, a second layer scared response from, from, from all of us. Like, cause we were, we were just about ready to give up on Sandy. There was a part in the summer where everybody on this podcast was saying, this guy is a bunch of BS. He had, he said he would come through and he hasn't. And then he pulled, and and the Cespedes move actually was was semi lucky, but it, all the oh, yeah. pieces fell into place. They really did mm. fall into place. And but he was at the very end. I mean, I've supported him for years on the podcast, and he's going to do what he's going to do it. And I was getting nervous. I was like, I don't think he's going to do it. So even if we lost him to retirement, you know, um, mm-hmm. I think that he's put a a, a a a a team in motion that can go three to five years, at least three years. And that's, I mean, that's all you can, that's almost all you can ask for because these guys, they run out, they wear out their welcome after a while. Yeah, I, well, I'm, I'm with you, Gene. Real, real quick, just to okay. jump in on that. I think that, you know, you know, more I, I do from what little I've heard, I think Sandy's going to be okay, you know, which is a good thing. But, of course, I, I had several friends, you know, go through cancer and survive and their outlook changes and they don't want to work and they want to just, you know, do different things with their life. And I think he's financially solvent enough that he could probably go do anything for this last, you know, five, 10, 20 years of his life. That said, I still think he wants to work, but I do agree that he has put an infrastructure in place and, and a way of thinking and a methodology that uh, one of his lieutenants would step up into the role quite capably. You know, would I like to have two more years of a standing regime to fully kind of foment it and put it in place in a way that's going to, you know, last for the next 10 years. Yeah. But I think, I think we're going to be okay one way or the other. And I hope he's going to be okay. Well, I wish, I wish I could agree a little bit more with that, but I think that there's the other entity. It's not just the infrastructure, but it's also the ability to work with the well ponds and mm-hmm. to manage that situation. Cause honestly, I mean, I, yeah. I agree with you, Gene, in the respect that he was losing us at the end there, but you know, to, in fairness, you know, he kept having the game change on him constantly. And so, and he had no, no real payroll to work with. So he had no much, he had to work on much greater odds to make things happen. And when you look back, I mean, every GM that's successful has a couple lucky, lucky things that happened. I mean, the eighties, you know, Frank Cashin, 
you know, if if, <laughs> if Keith Hernandez didn't have a drug problem and Gary and Gary Carter didn't smile at too many ca- uh, cameras in Montreal, we wouldn't have won. <laughs> you know, and then he capitalized on those trades before people knew that those guys were available. You know, Gooden, like if Davey Johnson didn't convince him to let Gooden come up early, we never would have yeah. seen the early Gooden. We would just well, even the late Gooden. the late aughts when we were when, yeah. when the late 1990s when we picked up. Off the scrap pile, Ventura and, and um, Olrude was, a, you know, we stole mm-hmm. them. They thought their careers were over. I mean, those are the moves yeah. you make as a savvy GM. Sure, sure. Yeah, so he got, he got a little lucky, but so did everybody else. So, I mean, at this point, I think his overall body of work is fantastic. But his the most impressive thing to me beyond the, the trades is the ability to control the Wilpons enough. I mean, you can't get more money, but the, he's gotten them not to meddle to the extent that we are able to have the team. I mean, the team is dominant, and Fred was vocal about not wanting a dominant team, wanting to be competitive and whatever else. This is the team, like, we, at least I know I wanted. I want a team that's either going to smack you around or overpower you. Like, I like this kind of stuff, and, like, you know, he, he got it for us. And I just I don't know if anyone else is capable of controlling the message like Sandy. And so, whatever, I wish the guy well. Um, I, I really do. And I hope he's around for a while. But I, I think that for his legacy to be, uh, to, to maintain itself here, you know, he built what he built. But I think even if he, he, he initially wanted to leave quickly, I think it, to, to have the legacy, I think he's got to be here to physically keep it from unraveling the second he, he departs. Mm, you know, not yeah. the infrastructure, but the meddling, the meddling part. Um, real quick, guys, because I know you, you both have to run. I just want to touch on this. The, the, I, I have to mention the Pete Rose thing. Um, so what is your opinion as far as – I realize that he's been – it's come out that he's continuing to gamble on baseball, which is almost surreal. Um, so forget about the does Pete Rose deserve to be involved in the game – aspect because I, I I think it's hard to argue that at this point, but rather the fact that baseball is involved so heavily in DraftKings and, and FanDuel. Well, I think it's DraftKings for baseball primarily, but then they have this thing where they have a bug up their ass about gambling. Do you see that as being very obviously <laughs> a uh, a bit of hypocrisy or am I missing something here? And I know the legality behind it, but the, from a practical standpoint, since I don't play that kind of fantasy sports, I mean, do you, am I missing something or is that sort of as obvious as I think it is? Oh, it's, it's as obvious. You know, it's one of these typical things, you know, and the whole thing is just, it's sad. You know, when Pete Rose was kind of excommunicated and sent away and all those bad mm-hmm. things, it was a different time and place. Things happen, but baseball is such a traditional sport that now it seems like they just can't go back and say, yep, different time, now you're back in. Because, one, mm-hmm. you're still not allowed to gamble if you're a player, right, or a manager mm-hmm. on, on baseball. But, two, they have this kind of dichotomy that they, baseball is encouraging gambling with their relationship with these gambling sites. So mm-hmm. it's just a very odd situation. I think that um, the one thing I heard that really kind of kept Pete out was that he admits that he still gambles on baseball. He's <laughs> like, look, I, yeah. I mean, so I mean, I'm, glad, I'm glad to see him back on, on TV, although yeah, he definitely looked like one of the Dick Tracy characters. You know, the, you know, the, haircut, the big blockhead. Uh, I couldn't remember which one. Uh, but at the same time, I don't fault baseball for, for keeping him out officially. Although part of me thinks, gosh, the guy's old. He's not going to be with us much longer. Go ahead and let him in the Hall of Fame, let him back in because it's a different time and place, but it's just not going to happen. 
well, um, Gene. Gino! Gino. <laughs> yeah, man. So, what, what do you think? Do you feel, feel like under the same rules, the commissioner should ban himself from baseball as well, since he participated in gambling? <laughs> and also yeah, he, any uh, any owner that did or any owner that might have been involved in Ponzi schemes or any sort of shady thing? Well, you know, it pisses me off. I'm down on the Hall of Fame anyways in baseball in general right. with this, with these rules, with Piazza, and they don't know what to do with all the steroid people and steroids, steroids, steroids. And then, like you said, they have this hypocrisy about gambling. And then, they, it, you know, there's people in federal prison for dealing marijuana that are probably looking at Colorado going, what the fuck? You know, like now all of a sudden <laughs> yeah, exactly. legal. And, and I see this in the same, in the same sense of, all right, get over it. The guy, he did his sentence. You cost him money. He cost himself money. The part that baffles me is I didn't know that Paul Giamatti, the actor, that Bart Giamatti was his dad. And you so didn't know that. that. Get out huh? of here. I, didn't, I, I didn't. No, I didn't. Hmm. And so that's the, the, the interesting thing for me. Um, <laughs> but, but in, all, <laughs> but in all, all seriousness, I think it's, it's, it's hypocritical to lynch a guy like that. And I, and I believe that if Pete Rose died tomorrow, they'd find a way to get him in the Hall of Fame, and I hate that crap. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> all right, well, there we go. All right, so <laughs> the conclusion is that there's no conclusions, but we'll... Uh... Can, I ask, can I ask a question of you guys real yes. quick? Have you yeah, noticed, yeah. and maybe yeah. it's and maybe it's a Twitter effect too, but have you mm-hmm. noticed that podcasting and and blogging about the Mets since they've been winning has just gone down? Like it's a fan base that enjoyed a lot more the writing and venting when they were losing than when they're winning. Hmm. Um. Yeah. You know what I? I, I mean, my my thought on it is I. It, and it's funny. I'm. I've been thinking more about writing. Um, since they got better, because I we kind of stopped the kindness corner blog a little bit, almost right. as the team got better. <laughs> it's it's sort of funny, and then it had, had a hard time starting back up. But it it started when the team was decent, um, and I because I get disinterested in the other way, and I think the podcasting in a, in a way is almost the uh, a kind of a lazy way to to blog because <laughs> you get to just get on the phone and and bitch for a little bit and um, <laughs> get it out of your system, you know, but. But, yeah, I've noticed the same sort of thing, but I, I wonder if it's just we needed to replace baseball with something else entertaining because the baseball is not, wasn't entertaining anymore. We don't want – I mean, it's New York, man. We don't want crap, you know, you know quadruple-A players starting for us and pretending yeah. like they have some sort of upside. And it's, if it's not entertaining, I think we're, we find ways to entertain ourselves. And I think that without it, we're, you know, kind of enjoying the game for more of what it is, which – you know, it's much less entertaining for people that rely on blogs and podcasts for um, for their sports, since you know so much of the sports media is sort of weird right now. But um, but I think it's probably more that than anything else. I don't know what, what do you yeah. think, Dave? Yeah, you know, it's I, I, I still check it on Twitter as much. I think uh, yeah, it has been kind of weird. You know, it's a lot easier to talk about your team when it's a disaster and it's fifty million different things you can do. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're kind of life is pretty good here. Let's ride it out a little bit. Uh, I'm still tweeting a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm also taking a break because last year was just so intense, you know. Uh, but it's a, it's an interesting time. I think the Mets fans, because our nature has been, you know, to have teams that lose quite a bit, that we can really rally around that. And when we win, we get super excited, and we don't want to do anything to jinx it. So we get real quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. God. Well, 
You know what? See you guys in 2017. I'm sorry? (laughs) I'll see you in 2017. (laughs) Thanks for a warning. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, maybe maybe sooner than that. Um, Because we're going to be pretty good, I think. And I think there's a lot to talk about. We'll we'll come back and uh, get you guys in. Let's go! Let's go!